From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. Hey folks, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Superpower School podcast. I'm your host Paddy Danda. And before we jump into the episode, I just want to say a very happy new year to anybody listening to this podcast on the day that this episode was published, which is the 1st of January 2023. And if you're listening to it on any other day, well, I just hope you have a great day today. Now at the end of 2022, the awesome people at Spotify shared their Spotify rap campaign that included some amazing statistics about the podcast. And I have to say, as I'm looking at them now, it's completely blowing my mind. So during 2022, I shared over 80 episodes on the podcast, which equates to around 2,400 minutes of content. Now, according to Spotify, that's more content than 97% of other creators in the same category as this podcast, which is the education category. I can't tell you how many minutes and hours I've spent on actually scheduling the episodes, then going through the creative process of editing, as well as putting together the episode descriptions, thumbnails, uploading episodes onto multiple platforms, It's a huge undertaking, so I'm just glad we've reached this point and I've been able to fulfill my commitment, which was to release at least two episodes a week. And on certain weeks, we've actually launched more than two episodes. I think there was one week where there were almost four or five episodes that I put out there. The reason I do it is because of the amazing enjoyment and feedback that I get from the listeners. So... Thank you so much for supporting me up until this point. Spotify also told me that the podcast is being listened to in over 23 different countries and it's in the top 25% of most followed podcasts. And out of all of the listeners, 34% of you actually click on the follow link, which means you're following this podcast so you get notifications every time there's a new episode. So if you haven't clicked that button, then please, please, please do that right now for me so that you get notified of any new episodes that come out. Spotify also tells me that this podcast is in the 25% most shared globally, which means the listeners of the podcast are sharing links of episodes with their friends and family, either through WhatsApp or LinkedIn or other popular platforms. So once again, That has completely blown my mind. So thank you so much for spreading the word. And hopefully we can continue to spread the word as we go into 2023. So without further ado, let's dive into this particular episode. Normally I would bring in an awesome guest and I would pick their brains about their knowledge, their specialism, their expertise. But today I thought we'd try something a little bit different. So you're going to be stuck with me, myself and AI. If you've been following the social media posts around ChatGPT, which was launched towards the end of 2022, you'll have seen 
there's been a huge upsurge in terms of conversations about AI and is it going to be overtaking our jobs for the future? And what is the impact on society as a whole? Because I have to say, it's actually quite scary as to the level of intelligence that we're seeing coming from the world of AI. So I'm going to try and lift the lid on AI to see, is it really as intelligent as everybody says it is? And is chat GPT any good? Now, the field of artificial intelligence has been growing ever since English mathematician and computer scientist Alan Turing's time, when he posed the question, can machines think? That was during the time of World War II, when he was trying to decipher German intelligence messages. And in his most revered piece called Computing Machinery and Intelligence, he pointed out that humans use outside information to reason and solve problems. So why can't machines do the same thing? The problem Alan Turing had at the time was computers could only execute rudimentary prompts and didn't have the ability to store large amounts of data as they do today. And also the technology was extremely expensive. He was having to pay approximately $200,000 a month just to be able to lease the computer that he was using. And although this initial excitement led to lots of further investigation around the use of computers and AI, it feels like we've been let down. It hasn't quite lived up to the vision that Alan Turing had way back until maybe in the early 2000s when IBM launched their AI technology codenamed Watson. And one of the most famous examples was when they entered the popular quiz show Jeopardy in the US. And Watson actually beat all of the other contestants where it answered a bunch of random questions correctly, way better than its human competitors. Beyond Turing's test, which was over 70 years ago, we've had huge improvements in speech recognition text-to-speech translation and all of the immense computing power that we have today. And this has brought us to the current time where we're now seeing that power come together through apps like ChatGPT. So for the next segment of the show, 90% of this episode is going to be driven by AI with about 10% effort from myself. What does that mean? Well, I'm going to be using a AI voice generator that's going to generate my voice. Yes, you heard me correctly. I'm going to be mimicking my own voice through AI, which the first time when I heard this absolutely blew my mind because hearing yourself back on a recording is bad enough, but then having an AI regurgitate all of the tones and the pitch of your voice to pinpoint accuracy was pretty scary and I'll let you make up your own minds as to whether you think the AI generated version of my voice is as accurate as I think it is. And then I used chat GPT as my sounding board. So I put a bunch of questions to the app and those will be regurgitated in my AI generated voice. And then even the thumbnails for this particular episode have all been generated using AI image generators. 
So the only thing left from my perspective as the human in this episode was to be able to articulate the right questions. The first question I put to ChatGPT was, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? And this is what it had to say. Hello, I'm a large language model trained by OpenAI. I'm not a person, but a program designed to assist with a variety of tasks, such as answering questions or providing information on a wide range of topics. I don't have a physical form or a personality, so I can't do things like go to the store or have hobbies. I'm here to help you with any questions you might have, so feel free to ask me anything. So we've distinguished who you are, but then who actually made you and why did you come about? I was trained by OpenAI, a leading research institute focused on developing artificial intelligence technologies. OpenAI created me using a type of machine learning called deep learning, which involves training large neural networks on vast amounts of data to enable them to perform a wide range of tasks. Although I was created by OpenAI, I'm not restricted to any particular company or organization and can be used by anyone who has access to me. So we couldn't have an episode about AI and not mention Elon Musk because He's extremely passionate about how AI is used in the future. So could you tell us why Elon Musk decided to invest in the OpenAI project? Elon Musk is one of the founders of OpenAI and has been a major contributor to the organization. He has a keen interest in artificial intelligence and its potential to revolutionize various industries and improve human lives. By investing in OpenAI, Musk is helping to advance the development of AI technologies and ensure that they are developed in a responsible and ethical manner. In addition to his financial contributions, Musk also provides valuable insights and guidance to the organization based on his expertise in technology and entrepreneurship. For us to realize the true potential of AI would require a huge amount of data. Can you tell us how much data has been fed into you? The exact amount of data used to train me is not publicly available, but it is likely to be in the millions or billions of words. Language models like me are typically trained on large datasets that include a wide variety of texts, such as books, news articles, and social media posts, in order to capture the diverse ways in which language is used and enable us to generate responses that are natural and fluent. I've been reading that a lot of people have been asking ChatGPT to tell them jokes. So I thought I'd put it to the test myself. So do you know any jokes? Sure, here's a joke. Why was the math book sad? Because it had too many problems. <laughs> that's, um, I think that's actually better than some of my dad jokes. And could you tell me a joke about Agile? Because I'm very passionate about the field of agility. Here's a joke about Agile. Why was the Agile project manager a great juggler? Because they could handle multiple tasks and adapt to changing priorities. Okay, well, clearly there's some work to be done on your sense of humour. But I've been thinking about writing a book one day, and I know it's going to be a lot of hard work, but could you tell me the process for writing a book? Sure, here are the steps for writing a good book. 1. Develop a strong, engaging story idea. This is the foundation of your book, and it should be something that will captivate your readers and keep them interested throughout the entire story. 2. Create an outline or plan for your book. This will help you organize your thoughts and ideas and keep you on track as you write. 3. Start writing your book. It's important to just get started and not worry too much about perfection at this stage. You can always go back and edit later. Further, keep writing and editing until you have a complete draft of your book. This may take some time, but it's important to keep working on it until you're happy with the final result. 
Five, get feedback from others. Ask friends, family, or beta readers to read your book and provide feedback. This can help you identify areas where your book might be improved. Six, revise and edit your book based on the feedback you receive. This is an important step as it will help you fine tune your book and make it the best it can be. Seven, publish your book. Once you're happy with your book and it's ready to be shared with the world, you can self-publish it or seek out a traditional publishing deal. Remember, the key to writing a good book is to be persistent and keep working on it until you're happy with the final result. It may not be easy, but with hard work and dedication, you can write a book that you're proud of. Wow, that was informative. You mentioned earlier that to write a good book, you need to develop a strong and engaging story idea. So I was thinking of writing a book about the benefits of Bangra dancing. Can you write me an outline of what are the benefits of Bangra dancing? Sure, here is an outline of what I think are some of the benefits of Bangra dancing. 1. Bangra dancing is a great way to improve cardiovascular health and overall fitness. Because it is a high energy dance, it can provide a good aerobic workout that can help you burn calories and improve your endurance. 2. Bangra dancing can also improve coordination and flexibility. The dance involves a lot of fast and complex movements, so practicing it can help you improve your balance and coordination. Additionally, the dance can help you stretch and loosen your muscles, which can improve your flexibility. 3. Bangra dancing is also a great way to relieve stress and boost your mood. The energetic music and lively movements can help elevate your mood and release endorphins, the feel-good chemicals in your brain. Dancing can also be a fun and social activity, which can help you connect with others and reduce feelings of loneliness or isolation. Further, Bangra dancing can also be a fun and interesting way to learn about different cultures. Bangra is a traditional dance from the Punjab region of India, and it is often performed during celebrations and festivals. By learning about Bangra and its cultural origins, you can gain a deeper understanding and appreciation of different cultures. I hope this outline helps you as you consider writing your book about the benefits of Bangra dancing. Let me know if you have any other questions or if you would like me to expand on any of these points. It's my son's birthday in the next couple of weeks, so I would love to hear your recommendations on what are some gift ideas for an 11-year-old boy. There are many gift ideas for an 11-year-old boy, depending on his interests and hobbies. Here are a few ideas. A board game or puzzle. These are great for kids who enjoy mental challenges and spending time with family or friends. A sports-related gift. If the boy is into sports, consider getting him a new ball, a pair of sneakers, or a membership to a local sports club. A book. For kids who love to read, a new book can be a great gift. You could consider getting a book from a series that he's already interested in, or something new and exciting. A video game. Many 11-year-old boys enjoy video games, so a new game or a gift card to a popular gaming store could be a hit. A craft or hobby kit. If the boy is into arts and crafts, consider getting him a new art set or a kit for a hobby he's interested in, such as model building or cooking. A gift card. If you're not sure what the boy might like, a gift card to a favorite store or online marketplace can give him the opportunity to choose something that he really loves. That's actually not that bad. Okay, here's a random question. Can you tell me, is it healthy to eat eggs? Yes, eggs can be a healthy part of your diet. They are a good source of protein, vitamins, and minerals, and they can help you feel full and satisfied. However, it's important to eat them in moderation as part of a balanced diet. Some people may need to limit their intake of eggs due to allergies or dietary restrictions. It's always a good idea to talk to your doctor or a healthcare professional if you have any concerns about your diet. Okay, let's take that theme of eggs a little bit further. I know we've passed Christmas, but could you make up a song about eggs 
in the Jingle Bells theme tune. Sure, here's a short song about eggs in the tune of Jingle Bells. Eggs, eggs, oh so round scrambled, fried, or on the ground of breakfast food, that's oh so fine eggs. Eggs, they're simply divine. In a pan they sizzle and fry a breakfast treat, that's oh so sly eggs. Eggs, they're good to go, a tasty meal, that's good to know. So here's a jingle just for you about a food that's loved by all eggs. Eggs, they're healthy and fun, enjoy them now. So for my final question of ChatGPT, could you write a blog post demystifying ChatGPT and explain why it's useful? Welcome to the world of ChatGPT, where the lines between reality and artificial intelligence blur like a watercolor painting. If you're not familiar with ChatGPT, it's a variant of the popular language model GPT that's been fine-tuned for conversation. So why is ChatGPT useful? For starters, it can be used to build chatbots that can handle customer service inquiries, assist with online shopping, and even hold casual conversations with users. It's also a valuable tool for researchers studying natural language processing and human-computer interaction. But ChatGPT isn't just limited to chatbots. It can also be used to generate creative content, like stories, jokes, and even poems. In fact, ChatGPT has even been used to generate entire music albums. While ChatGPT is certainly impressive, it's important to remember that it's just a machine learning model and not a real person. Its output may touch reality at a tangent, but it's still just a reflection of the data it's been trained on. In conclusion, ChatGPT is a powerful tool for generating human-like responses and creative content. Just don't expect it to be a substitute for actual human conversation. It's still just a machine, after all. Well, there you have it, folks. I'm going to let you make up your own minds as to whether this new power of AI is something useful and something practical that we could be using in our daily lives, or whether we see it just as another fun, hip, novelty thing that's just come out of the tech world. Kate Crawford, who's a leading scholar at Microsoft, who talks very passionately about the topic of artificial intelligence, recently wrote that it's neither artificial nor intelligent. And as we can see, there's still more work to do. But I have to say, since communicating with automated bots on websites for customer support, ChatGPT is a huge leap forward. And at times, it's quite scary the type of responses you receive, especially where you ask it to become a little bit more creative than just answering a factual question. And I love the way you can link a question to a previous question and ChatGPT is able to connect the dots and provide a much more contextualized response. It's certainly going to be disrupting the social media industry. I know I had a digital marketeer on one of the episodes previously who talked about the implications for social media and content creation because now we can leverage the power of AI to at the very least give us an outline of a social media post and then add the human aspects to it by incorporating some human perspectives, some stories to make the piece a little bit more compelling. We're seeing the power of computing exponentially increase. And as we know, AI is only as good as the amount of data that we put into the system. And so if the system now is capable of taking on unlimited amounts of data, then the possibilities are endless. But you'll be pleased to know that I won't be 
replacing myself by AI for future episodes. It will be me, not my AI-generated voice, and I'll be continuing to keep my eye on how ChatGPT evolves over the coming months. And maybe we'll do another one of these episodes at the end of 2023, and then we can compare some of the differences in responses that we're receiving at that time versus now. So thank you for listening, and I hope some of the content today was useful. If you haven't done so already, please click on the follow link on whichever platform you're listening to us on. And I'd love for you to write a short review if you're enjoying the content that I'm sharing with you guys. So have a fantastic rest of the day and I look forward to the next episode.